Welcome back everyone, it's Jay here with the Over Manga Cast. You know, that time we woke up in a podcast and had to explain manga, our heated adventures over analyzing manga we find interesting. On this episode, we're switching it up a little bit to meet more of girl power, girl protagonists from the typical shonen adventures, and we read The Apothecary Diaries by Natsu Hyuga, chapters 1 through 14. Join us while our intellectual protagonist Mau Mau is forced to navigate the political labyrinth filled with idiots. That is the inner chamber. What types of shenanigans will await us on this episode of the Over Manga Cast? Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Over Manga Cast. My name is Sam, and as always, here at the top of the show, we talk about what our familiarity with the franchise we read this week is. Uh, I had not heard of the Apothecary Diaries before we did this episode, and so this was an entirely fresh read for me. Uh, how about you, Matt? Uh, I had also only barely heard about this, and this actually was a listener suggestion to our list, so uh, fresh for me. All right. Uh, Jacob, how about you? Uh, never heard of it either. Uh, wish I had. And Jay? Would like to say I heard about this through passing, but I I'm not quite sure quite the source, so I'll say I have not heard about it, but I it sounds very similar to up my alley, so it probably floated somewhere in the circles of Somewhere. The... I'm not able to zero down on the source, but yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh we open up our uh story with our main character, Mao Mao, uh who serves as a maid servant at the inner court of the Emperor. And um <laughs> One of the one of the things that I quickly picked up on this manga is that it does a lot of just slice of life kind of rom-commy shenanigans. It feels very innocuous at first glance, but there's always that there's always that like undercurrent of like, no, things are kind of fucked up. And that is uh, made immediately apparent as the first panel of the second page is Mao Mao explaining how she got here, which was she went out to pick some herbs and got kidnapped. As you do. As you do in feudal China, I guess. He's quite nonplussed about all this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean... That uh, sure did happen. That kind of makes sense in like a... Uh, I forget what you call it, but like it's a Confucian society, I think. Yeah, she doesn't like it. She's not happy, but she's like, this is where I am now, I guess. I'll have to deal with it. And uh, really, considering she used to be living in the Pleasure District, she doesn't find the inner court of the Emperor all that different. Uh, still just, uh, it's it's the same thing, just fancier with more money thrown around. Also the eunuchs. Whole bunch of eunuchs around. Mm-hmm. I believe eunuchs are the only males allowed in the uh, inner court uh, who aren't yeah. the, who aren't the Emperor or his blood relations. Yep, mm-hmm. the same different circus, the whole thing. She's just kind of like been here, done this. This is just like a whole like political, you know, circus that she does not want to mm-hmm. participate in. She's just like, you guys, you guys can have it, whatever. That does not to say that she doesn't make some attachment, I guess, from her time here. Yeah, she makes a few friends among the other maid servants, including uh, one very chatty girl uh, who is. Uh, her main uh, comrade. Is, uh, is her name literally like Zhao Mao or something? I think they Zhao have Lin. Like, it's Zhao Lin. Zhao Lin, yeah. Uh, they have very similar names. And she is talking about the latest rumor is that there is a curse that is afflicting the inner court. 
uh, as all of the heirs born in the inner court keep dying. Uh, it, the infant mortality rate near a hundred percent. Three kids died, and now uh, the latest emperor, uh, who only recently took the the throne, uh, his two currently living kids, uh, the crown prince and a princess, are still alive for now. Yeah, they're both not doing well. So, mm-hmm. and so uh, Mama's like, it's probably not supernatural. I really just don't want to get involved. Before I came here, I was the daughter of an apothecary, and I kind of want to stick my nose in it. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting. Yeah. And she also hears that uh, the mother of the crown prince, Consort Liwa, is uh, sick with uh, headaches, stomach aches, nausea. She's like, wait a minute, this is all feeling familiar. And it's here where we settle into one of the patterns that happens in uh, Apothecary Diaries, which is uh, Mau Mau hears about something and is like, oh, because of my medical training, I know what this is. Uh, I will now <laughs> uh, proceed to try to be as inconspicuous as possible while I fix it. I I love how Mau Mau's medical training is as broad and as wide spanning as like Conan Edagawa is like, my dad <laughs> writes detective novels. I'm like, yep, sure. I guess that would explain how you know every type of drug. You know what? Why not? It, it's because uh, somehow this is a mystery manga. No one told me about this until we were reading, but yeah. Yeah, it 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 it's dives into like cop procedural mm -hmm. every now and again. It doesn't, it, like, it's where a lot of, like, the main plot points come from, but it's funny because it does it so infrequently, it'll get you to forget about that, and then Mau Mau just sticks her nose in something. And, uh, she becomes the, uh, the forensic detective again. <laughs> this one at least makes sense for her to, uh, un uh, unpack as she does, because, uh, after hearing about this rumor, she stumbles across a, uh, squabble between, uh, the mothers of the two currently surviving children, uh, Consort Liwa and Consort Gyokyo. I think I pronounced that right. Uh, I hope so, because, uh, she's the one that we're gonna be spending the most time with. Gyokyo. Uh, Liwa is the mother of the crown prince, and Gyokyo is the mother of the princess. Uh, Liwa is convinced that the curse is Gyokyo's doing because bearing uh, an actual like crown prince is the best way to uh, attain a higher rank at this point, since the emperor doesn't have an empress. So uh, uh, Liwa is uh, convinced that uh, Gyokyo uh, is specifically poisoning the other, uh, mm -hmm. which uh, <laughs> she immediately points out, my daughter is also sick in the exact same way. Why would I do that? <laughs> it is obviously a squabble between two very overwrought people in a tense situation. Yeah. We also do find out later that these two are in direct competition with each other. So it's like, mm -hmm. yeah, it, it makes not. sense. Yeah. They're part of the four primary consorts of the emperor. And right now, Gyokyo is the current favorite. I think uh, also when we get established the other two, it's kind of made pretty clear. These are the only two actual contenders in this game. Yeah, yeah. The, the other two are there to basically just keep up political appearance. We'll talk about them when we get to that arc. They've got a whole arc to talk about that nonsense. They've, with. they've, they've got a whole thing to unpack later. But yeah, we got uh, two women fighting over their children dying, which, you know, fair. 
uh, Mau Mau uh, wants to intervene, but uh, also she's trying to appear low key. So rather than just step forward and say what's going on. In being kidnapped, uh, she was basically forced into a contract to stay a certain amount of time. If she makes herself too useful, she might rise in station and be stuck there longer, pro uh, probably indefinitely. The entire time while her kidnappers profit off of a cut of her wages. Her, she's more concerned about the fact that if she's because uh, the secret is she's able to read and mm. she says if I if they know I'm able to read they're going to give me like more high value work and then that means I get a raise but me getting a raise just means my kidnappers get more money mm -hmm. she's very pissed about that idea yeah that's that's the thing she brings up most often uh it's like if I keep my head down then I can leave sooner and also uh <laughs> Those assholes don't deserve a dime. Unfortunately, uh, her attempt to be sneaky about it, which was tear off part of her own skirts and leave a written message in both of the consort's uh, rooms, is rather quickly deduced by our other primary character, uh, Sir Jinshi, one of the eunuchs of the court. A very uh, beautiful man who has <laughs> immediately caught Mau Mau's ire because he... Uh, in her words, has too much free time and is very keen on poking his nose into things, too. So I will say one thing. Mau Mau is the only person who calls him a eunuch. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Um, he is an officer of um, the Imperial. I don't know. He's he, he does a lot of bureaucracy. He's a bureaucrat. But he's also a man, which if you're a man in the inner court and you're not a member of the emperor's immediate family, you're a eunuch, right? Yeah, I'm sure it's one of those things. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so he's the emperor's brother, right? Like, yes. They, they, they hip hop around this so much. But yeah, like, it literally can only be that unless mm -hmm. some other weird nonsense. But like. Because later on, they mentioned the Emperor has a, a sickly younger brother who is never in the public eye. And uh, gee, I wonder. <laughs> yeah, they, they play this up like it's a big secret, but I... It's not very well kept secret. <laughs> I think Mau Mau just doesn't care. I, Mau Mau, I think, has a problem where she's like Sherlock Holmes level genius up until anything involves her. <laughs> in uh -huh. which case, stupidest person on the planet. Like... <laughs> 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 this will be a plot point later. <laughs> because uh, Surgeon, she brings in all of the uh, maids and then writes a message on a piece of paper saying, you with the freckles remain here. All the other girls look around confused because they're illiterate. And uh, Mau Mau as the only one who can read and the one with the freckles. Well, no, uh, that's the thing. Uh, he called in all of the maids with freckles. <laughs> they uh, all had freckles. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I didn't note that. <laughs> that's how that's how uh, uh, Mau Mau realizes she's been caught, because when she turn, uh, she looks around at all the other maids leaving and is like, wait a second. They all have freckles. Yep. Why am I being singled out? <laughs> at which point we get the other running theme, which is Jinshi being very creepy. <laughs> <laughs> Just ah. playing to the edge of being... So, I don't know. There's creepy, and then there's what Jinchi's doing, and, like... Jinchi's a doofus. I don't think he's creepy. Like, yeah. I didn't get that read from him. He's extremely flirty. Jinchi's got the kind of game that, if it wasn't backed up by him being incredibly attractive, would come off as creepy. Mm. But, because he's naturally charismatic, 
basically anything he does comes off as charming. It's kind yeah. of the vibe I get from him. Mau Mau is just immune to that. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, there there is a bit where, uh, like, she immediately sees him. Everyone is, like, uh, swooning at first. And then she's like, huh, those are pretty broad shoulders. A man? Oh, that's too bad. Which mm-hmm. <laughs> made, made me think uh, <laughs> Mau Mau might have Certainly. another reason to dislike uh, Jinshi. Uh <laughs> But yeah, the thing for me why Jinji didn't come off as creepy to me is because he's a doofus. He doesn't mean anything by it, and he makes it pretty clear. Uh, like, he's he's flirty, but like... In a playful sense. Yeah, like he's he, playfully he's, thir- flirty. He's not like... Jinji's been reading up on his podcast, and he's like, okay, first step, negging. <laughs> God damn it, Matt. Stop. <laughs> we can't do this every time. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we'll we'll get it more into Mau Mau and Jinchi's relationship because it is it is a delight. It's the majority of the manga. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 delightful. I like it. Oh. But uh, he deduced that she was the one who had uh, left out the messages uh, explaining what the problem was, and the problem was stop wearing the face powder forehead. It's toxic. She didn't. She wasn't actually that rude in her missive, but that is definitely her intent. <laughs> that's that was probably what she was thinking, because uh, that's Mau Mau in general. She is a little gremlin. She does an awful lot of restraining the sheer amount of contempt she feels for people who do dumb. <laughs> the sheer amount of contempt she feels for most people, just in general. I, I love I her so much. Anything that isn't her exact way of thinking is disdained by her because. Mm-hmm. Mau Mau also does dumb shit, but it's okay because she wants to, like, yeah, it's, she's real stuck up in her own head and is kind of a jerk for it. Like, yeah, <laughs> she's which, a little gremlin. It makes her very interesting and I love her. <laughs> but uh, it, tur- it turns out, uh, tragically, Gyokyo uh, listened to her warnings, but Lihua didn't. So the crown prince perishes while the princess is still alive. And Gyokyo is so thankful for this, uh, for this warning that she decides to promote uh, Mau Mau from uh, laundry maid to lady in waiting. She's not happy about for multiple reasons. What do you mean I got a promotion? I was trying to not do this. I don't want to raise. I don't want to do more duties. I don't want to be around these people. Which, to be fair, I really like the um, head of uh, Gyokyo's, like, ladies-in-waiting. Because mm-hmm. when she's talking mm-hmm. to Mau Mau, she's like, oh, you don't want this job? Cool, we can fix that. Uh, we don't keep clumsy people after two years. And Mau Mau's just like, well, what does that have to do with... And then, like, has the vase she's holding knocked out of her hands onto the ground. Oh, man, that was a really expensive vase. You're never going to be able to pay that off. In fact, we're probably going to have to bill. Uh, you're you're going to owe us money for that by the end of your two years. I guess we'll just send that bill ahead to who is ever collecting your paychecks currently. It's <laughs> like, oh, no. <laughs> I, I loved that scene because I was like, oh, no, she's going to be like harassed and bullied by the other uh ladies in waiting is some sort of like weird clicky nonsense but no it's she's actually having a favor done for her yeah and very much on purpose too conveniently her favor is i don't want to be here and they're like good (laughs) like i I don't want to be here and i don't want my kidnappers to profit off of what happened to me well i can kill two birds with one vase 
uh yeah uh hung yang the head lady in waiting is very cool my favorite part about this too is she then writes up uh that mao mao gets a bonus for her apothecary duties or her her uh she's a food taster yeah yeah but yeah sorry the food tasting duties which become apothecary duties whatever but um <laughs> the food tasting she's getting paid uh a stipend for as like a bonus and because this is a bonus, this goes directly to her. Like, this wouldn't be part of the set rate. So, Mama's looking at it like, that's literally what I was being paid before, but now it's just going to me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Hyung Yang is uh, pretty rad. She, she's got uh, big uh, mom friend energy, and I like her a lot. <laughs> And and another thing that's nice about her is uh, she doesn't put up with Mau Mau's nonsense when Mau Mau is the one being an idiot. <laughs> she's mm-hmm. very quick to she's very quick to smack Mau Mau in the head, and she needs it often. <laughs> uh, but my uh, that was a great scene uh, from chapter two, and I really liked it. But <laughs> I, we cannot pass up the fact that Mau Mau is a uh, is a young Mithridates. <laughs> so uh, you might have noticed in chapter one, she's got a uh, character design thing. Her left arm is all bandaged up. I wonder what that could be about. Well, it's revealed. It's because she's heavily scarred there, not from any abuse, but because she willingly inflicted herself with innumerable different poisons and toxins in order to test her apothecary skills upon herself, rendering her immune to most poisons, making her simultaneously the most and least effective poison taster in the entire court. (laughs) Which she points out, like, she's like, well, I'll not die, and I do know what a lot of poisons smell and taste like, but I'm not a very good canary in this coal mine. (laughs) She loves this. This is her favorite part of her job. The mere idea of ingesting poison has her grinning and snickering like a mischievous like a mischievous child she's a little goblin i love her so much uh everyone's looking at her eating the maybe poisoned food and laughing like are are you okay why would i not be okay she's always so excited and so happy about the prospect of experiencing being poisoned Mm -hmm. i also like there's a bit that starts here that's uh pretty consistent where jinshi will send uh bishi sparkles toward mao mao that bounce off of her it's just a little visual gag that there's not really a good place to point i just love that joke she's so sick of his existence from the first time they met (laughs) she has had enough of him from the moment she met him And he loves it because everybody is like, oh, Sir Jinshi, you're so handsome. Can can I like spend some time with you here? Have these steamed buns that definitely don't have aphrodisiacs in them. A soldier gave him those and that's pretty yikes. (laughs) But the fact that Mau Mau treats him with such disdain, he finds in he finds infinitely delightful. (laughs) So he uh, proceeds to insert himself in her life as much as he can. Ooh, you're not instantly attracted to me? Mm, yes, I want you. <laughs> that makes you the most interesting person in this entire court. I think this is also the part where we get the little aside from um, Jinshi that reveals that what his actual reason he's walking around the inner court is, is that because he's so attractive, he's working as some kind of secret agent for the Empire to test the chastity of the women. <laughs> Uh-huh. All the women in the inner court are technically belongs the wrong word, but like they're 
yeah, it, they have they have the potential to be consorts. So they, they should remain loyal to the emperor in that regard. Yes, that is a better way to phrase it. The emperor, it is uh, revealed, is a very lusty individual, and so he will just go around to all the different consorts. Uh, in a single I, night. <laughs> I was about to say that's pretty standard for an emperor. Like, yeah. Well, and you gotta understand when you have to create a royal dynasty, it's important that you have a son because of infant mortality rates in the past. You need multiple sons to make sure they make it to adulthood. Easiest way to have multiple sons is to have multiple wives, mm -hmm. and then add infinitum. You have way too many wives. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. Ah, uh, the mathematics of uh, reproduction. How riveting. And so, in order to make sure that these hoes remain loyal, uh, he put the pretty boy Jinshi in there. <laughs> this this causes several of the lower-ranking consorts to fail outright. <laughs> and then Jinshi's like, ah, yes, only four women have really, like, fully... Only four women have not expressed any interest in me, and those are the four primary consorts. They love the Emperor too much. After Jinshi had Mau Mau uh, discern the presence of the aphrodisiac in the meat buns, uh, he's like, hmm, yes, very good job. I definitely didn't already know that was there. You son of a bitch. Anyway, could you make me some aphrodisiacs? Why would I? Wait, that means I get to go back in the lab. That means I can cook again. <gasps> okay, I'll do it. <laughs> and, and then we see Mau Mau allowed into the lab. And then I don't think we ever see her back in this lab. <laughs> well, now, because we're in I, there a couple of times. Okay. She she goes in there from time to time, but I think at this point she's also been like it's after this aphrodisiac uh, nonsense. It is revealed that, or it's uh, made apparent to uh, Lady Gyokyo that she is uh, a very skilled apothecary, and so she's given freedom to go around and start picking herbs. Uh, yeah, and she go. likes to she likes to gather her own stuff, but uh, they'll occasionally have meetings there, and she'll occasionally grab a thing or two from gotcha. the actual the actual court physician is a minor character. He is a quack, and he is very jealous of how good she is at the job. That is true. I wonder how much of that is Mao Mao's perception of him, and how much of it is he is that incompetent because. Uh, it's told from Mau Mau's perspective. I don't think he's very good at his job, but I also don't think Mau Mau respects anyone else's ability besides her own and her father's. Yeah, I think True. I think he's the the inner court physician. The emperor has his own physician that Mau Mau seems to hold in a higher regard. I think the whole deal with why this guy's such a quack is he has to be a eunuch. Mm. Mm. So it's like they trained a eunuch to be a physician because you can't have men in the inner court. And whoa, whoa we're going to let women be doctors now? <laughs> Ridiculous. Could never happen. Main character yeah. is a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> yep. But we have one of my favorite pages, which is Mau Mau getting let into the uh, the reagents room and her just going around to the various shelves of ingredients like, yes, yes, yes. She looks so cute. <laughs> she's, Man. She, she's just like gremlin walking around like, <laughs> look at all this stuff. She's pawing towards the shelves. <laughs> they they build this up so much as like, ah, yes, we're going to watch a mad scientist. And then we find out the aphrodisiac is just chocolate and booze. <laughs> like, I mean, what more do you need? Booze, chocolate, milk, honey, sugar. 
It turns into a cooking manga. Like, that's... <laughs> she just makes alcoholic chocolate. And it's like, actually, yeah, no, that works. And then because she's got some leftover ingredients, she makes herself a little snack, which is bread soaked up in, like, chocolate liqueur. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's okay. In all my experimenting upon myself, I've consumed a lot of alcohol for a 17-year-old. So even though I am very skinny, I have a high tolerance. I'm used to eating aphrodisiacs and liquor. <laughs> Mau Mau. <laughs> I know Mau you I know you grew up in the pleasure district, but uh Mau Mau, I, I urge you to consider rephrasing that. Ah. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> uh little goblin i love her uh but she did she didn't properly label the goods so the, the other ladies in waiting got into the aphrodisiac bread um and then we get a couple more of these kind of like one-offs like gray's anatomy style like medical cases mm-hmm. um yeah this is where the real this is where the um sort of like medical procedural comes in i, I gotta say the the next one that popped up uh the sleepwalking one, I actually really didn't like. I also didn't like it because I have a personal vendetta against using sleepwalking as a catch-all for uh, mystery solving. That's mostly because I read a bad mystery and novel about it in the past. So, so yeah, but the, the whole thing about that, it does introduce an important thing about Mau Mau's character, which is why it's important we talk about this. But the whole mm-hmm. deal is they're like, ah, yes, there is a ghost, but that ghost is actually a sleepwalking woman. Why is this woman sleepwalking? We know this exact woman, and she's also going to marry a childhood friend who is a soldier who worked his way up, and the empire and the emperor is no longer interested in her. Oh, but why would she be sleepwalking? Well, some women are stressed out, and that stress can cause you to sleepwalk. Oh, that makes sense. Well, maybe this will resolve things for her, and we don't need medicine. And then Mao Mao's like, but I also know a second secret reason why people would sleepwalk. Because when I mentioned there was a woman in the pleasure district that sleptwalk, I didn't mention there was a second case of a woman sleepwalking. And this one turned out to be her lying so that she could get out of her, like, whore contract so that she could marry a man and go be a housewife. And turns out sometimes people will lie about sleepwalking so people think they're mentally ill and won't want to be in a relationship with them. Yeah. It, like, I, I get what they were doing, but it's just, like, cool. <laughs> it it feels a little overcomplicated when you have to weave in the... Because, like, the, the short summary is she was brought in as consort, but she had a childhood love that she wanted to be with. Mm-hmm. So she intentionally was a bad consort so that the emperor wouldn't be uh, interested in her. And her childhood love went to become a soldier who an unwanted consort could be married off to. Yeah, and then and then at some point she started sleepwalking in addition to just being bad at being a consort. Like it, Again, using using sleepwalking as a catch-all for mystery reasons is bullshit and it makes me mad. <laughs> but the problem is the sleepwalking is never even part of the mystery. It's never like they don't know who the ghost is. They know immediately it's the woman who sleepwalks. Why is she sleepwalking? Probably stress. Oh no, it was a lie. I also knew that the entire time. So it's like, it's not even a mystery. It's just Mau Mau telling you a story that goes through some plot twists. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think the purpose of this chapter is to like, uh, give you like the idea of, uh, like the the nature of court life and like the duplicity of it yeah it, it's also to establish some of mama's character yeah like that's the important thing is that she doesn't 
give the official report about she could also just be lying about sleepwalking because she doesn't want to be with the emperor. She Mom- doesn't tell anyone officially that. Mm-hmm. Mamao is perfectly happy to um omit information from a report in order to protect another one of the um another one of the like maid servants eat or or consorts or just any of the women of the inner court even if they don't really deserve it because i, I kind of get the vibe that it's like half and half she doesn't want to like get she cares about them and doesn't want them to get in trouble and kind mm-hmm. of a counterpoint, she doesn't want someone's death on her hands. Mm. Well, she she says that out loud later yeah. on. Yeah, she mentions that uh, when after she pointed out that the face powder was toxic, the merchant that had been selling it to them was punished, and she felt guilty about that. Mm-hmm. Well, he shouldn't have been doing that. Well, th- that's the thing. He didn't know. <laughs> it's like she recognizes the, unju- the injustice of the situation, and... Uh, wants to do what she can to correct it, even if it is a small thing. Yeah. Which is really, that's the sad part about the powder bit, is that, that whole thing. But, like, um, mm-hmm. she's called back by the Emperor because the... the Lee consul- was... Yeah, Lee was consul- still sick. Yeah, her condition has been worsening since the Crown Prince's death. And, like it's kind of gone beyond the point of like the level of uh, wilting you'd expect from like, you know, de- having uh, lost a child, having mm-hmm. lost a child. Cause it's well, been weeks, I think at this point. Yeah. And all her handmaidens are basically saying like, ah, yes, no, she has given up on life because her child is dead. She is no longer worthy of bearing the emperor's son. And then mm-hmm. uh, turns out all her handmaidens are just, catty bitch (laughs) but also like uh, there's a lot in this in that people aren't evil they are sometimes like malicious but sometimes they'll act from a place of ignorance yeah Mm -hmm. and that is where evil comes from is when someone's being malicious and ignorant of the consequences of their actions yeah Yeah. uh a, a kind of willing negligence uh especially when there, there's a lot of cases where people will, uh, they know something is bad, but they do it anyway because what's the worst that can happen? And like they kind of know the worst is really bad, but they pretend that they don't. Rules are made to be broken. There's a rule that says these women can't leave the inner court, but you can make an exception for that. So like, I don't know. It's like. Why is because some different person told us not to do this thing, why is that more valuable than someone else telling us to do this thing? Because they're not apothecaries. They aren't, like, trained in this. They don't know this This thing is poison and will kill you is a statement of fact rather than just enforcing do not do this. Mm-hmm. It, it's got big... I, I don't listen to doctor's energy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, regardless, the whole plot with um, Li Hao is basically, uh, it turns out, it literally takes Mao Mao a second to figure this out, but no one's letting her get any closer because they're like, oh, gross, she's getting sick because this peasant is too close to her. She's not yeah. even eating enough rich people food. Yeah, we learned that the uh, the ladies-in-waiting of the Crystal Palace are the mean girl clique that we were worried <laughs> the Jade Palace ladies-in-waiting would be. Yeah, this is, this is where the generic bullying plot kicks in. 
mm-hmm, which yeah. Mau does not care. She does not care about any of these people. <laughs> To be fair, Mama also kind of doesn't care about Li Hao because she's totally willing to let the woman die because these people won't let her get close to her. She's like, I tried. Yeah. <laughs> They're not letting me help. So I guess she's going to die. Like, but uh, thankfully, Jinshi shows up and is like, hey, ladies, you wouldn't be defying the will of the emperor, would you? By preventing this nice young girl from getting into proper medical treatment range of the consort, right? Of course not, Sir Jinshi. Yeah, then Mao Mao steps up next to her, notices, oh, she's still got the face powder on. I told you this was poison. <laughs> Which one of you smooth brains? Uh, Mau Mau immediately goes into beast mode, which I fucking love. Oh, <laughs> the, oh the, she uh, grabs the woman by the face and is just like about to beat the crap out of her. She slaps the taste out of her mouth and then grabs her by the hair, drags her over to the cabinet that has the powder in, the poison powder in, and dumps it on her head. Some nonsense. Yeah, it is some nonsense. <laughs> It, it's it's got a lot of uh, as awesome as I found this. It was um, <laughs> it does have the energy of look how right I am. I'm going to beat up the bullies now <laughs> and be yeah. totally right about it. I was about to say Mao Mao is a very tiny woman, but conveniently, if she ever needs to fight another woman, doesn't matter. She's going to win. Like <laughs> uh-huh. she just she's got a friggin' plus ten in intimidation. Yeah, no, that's exactly what it is. And I mean, like, there is a level of child. Like, I love it in part because there's a level of childishness to the uh, the way she acts when she gets like this. Like, this isn't so much that it's cool is that, like, this is such an interesting character trait for her to have. Because mm-hmm. it's like, it's so vicious. Like, she definitely crosses a line. Yeah, yeah. When she poured the poison powder over this woman. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's one of those ones where it's like, strictly speaking, she knew that wasn't going to, like, like that that would get washed off immediately and it wasn't going to have an effect on her. And it was, it was basically an intimidation tactic. But like, don't do that. Like, that is so far crossing a line. And again, I can't stress this enough. This, this confrontation starts with uh, the uh, head lady-in-waiting uh, trying to throw her weight around and Mao Mao just slaps the taste out of her mouth. She <laughs> knocks her off her feet. Yep. <laughs> it's pretty rad. Oh. And I, I just love Jinshi's response. He's standing there watching all this like, man, women are frightening. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jinshi being as useful as he usually is, which is kind of. <laughs> Mao Mao comes out of her blood rage, realizes Jinshi saw that entire thing and is like, oh, no, I'm in trouble now, aren't I? No, you're not. It's cool. Do you want to have a long, drawn-out scene where we slowly n- nurse Lihao back to life? Yes, let's do that. I like that scene, though. It's, yeah. yeah, it's just like, it is literally the, the half of this chapter is, like, slowly feeding her rice porridge and getting her to, like, slowly walk again. Mm-hmm. Right and- after Mao Mao going like, I am going to murder you with poison. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. It does a pretty classic, uh you know, why are you trying so hard to save me? Uh, well, you could just not eat. Yes, that was my favorite page. Or that was my favorite page, because Mama, with the very base response, why didn't you let me die? Well, if you want to die so bad, don't eat this. Oh, hey, look, you're eating it. I guess you want to live. I understand your grief, but... Clearly don't want to die that bad. Mm-hmm. 
and then uh because we can't be too serious for too long we <laughs> we end the chapter on a boob joke i i love this joke because this is mao mao i love this joke so much <laughs> mao mao's just flaunted her insecurities <laughs> yes um we have not mentioned yet, but Mau Mau is very self-conscious of the fact that she is uh, flat. Uh, so when uh, Leo wakes up uh, from her uh, long time being sickly and is like, I've been sickly for so long. I failed the emperor and he spent so much time with Gyokyo. How can I ever possibly win his attentions again? Mau staring at her massive boobs like, well, my lady. <laughs> You have you, massive tits. You have certain other charms. I'll let you know a secret I learned in the Pleasure District. Well, no, no, no. She, she's like, uh, I, I will teach you a secret technique. It, uh, and then she thinks to herself later, I can't use it, but... <laughs> it's a whole page of her whispering in, in Liao's ear. And then her just like falling over like, oh no, that's so lewd, but... Wait, it could work. <laughs> I suppose the emperor likes his fruits plump and ripe. <laughs> and the chapter ends with Kyokyo being like, oh man, the emperor hasn't been here in a couple of nights. I'm getting a few actual good nights sleep. This is great. <laughs> and then Mao Mao like, yep, nope, I didn't do anything to threaten your status as consort, my lady. <laughs> Definitely <laughs> didn't do that. Just her realizing, oh, I probably helped too much. Uh... Right, my lady's political rival. Mm, it's okay. Uh, I'm sure it'll be fine. Look, I'm just saying, I think Mau Mau might have some preferences. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I didn't get that vibe. I'm going to be honest. I think she's definitely. I don't know. I, it's, a, she... it's a bunch of little things. If it, if it doesn't go anywhere, I wouldn't be surprised. But uh... she is definitely cognizant of the female form. Yeah. Which could be entirely just because. She grew up in the Pleasure District. She just is cognizant of that because of her upbringing. It very well might not mat uh, might not amount to anything, but uh, there were there were a couple of cases where. <laughs> Mama, what do you mean by that? <laughs> what do you mean by that? What do you mean by that, Mama? What do you oh. mean by that guy's got a very athletic build? Because <laughs> <laughs> man, uh, Jinsi's like attendant. She she goes all in on that guy, like. This guy is way too attractive to be in here. He can't be a eunuch. He definitely has goods. <laughs> His treasure has not been lost. Yeah, uh, that was another uh, reason we needed the sleepwalking chapter. We needed to introduce uh, that character. I mean, you could have just introduced him again the next time. He's basically introduced like that the same way. Like uh, Now it's, we've had enough uh, episodic procedural stuff. It's time for our first major arc, which is... The Spring Equinox Garden Festival. Uh, nobody uh, is happy to be there. <laughs> all the ladies in waiting are like, yeah, we get to dress up and basically just sit around all day. But like, it's the first day of spring. It's still really cold. The bathroom is 30 minutes away. Uh... Well, you see, you stupid prehistoric women. I've invented a technique called putting a hot rock inside your clothing. Clearly, <laughs> no one but me could come up with this. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that seems to be the rest of the palace's reaction. Like, seriously, she I, it's as if she invented fire. Yeah, it's a little ridiculous. Mom, I was like, oh, yeah, I give myself an undershirt and sewed a pocket into it so I could put a heated rock in there and keep myself warm. Not like not like you'd be worried about silk singeing or anything, you know, like turns out you can't just do like keep hot rocks within like nice fabric. 
By the gods! Mau Mau, can you do that for me? By the <laughs> gods. You person with an average high school education who is isekai themselves back to our prehistoric time. You are a god among men. <laughs> <laughs> Look, we're not reading Dr. Stone this week. Dr. Stone's at least aware how insane it is. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, in this uh, preparation for the festival, it's uh, here where it is also revealed um, one of Mau Mau's uh, characteristic features besides her flat chestedness is uh, that she has freckles. And uh, as the other ladies in waiting are <laughs> basically pinning her down to do her makeup. Because uh, she wants to do it herself. Mm -hmm. They realize that, uh, oh, wait a minute. You, she doesn't actually have freckles. She's been uh, painting them on herself as makeup. And it's like, well, I wonder why she would do that. And it's explained in the next chapter. Well, you see, I grew up in the pleasure district and uh, anything to make yourself less immediately attractive to the various lechers that wander the alleyways looking to snatch women is a defense mechanism. Okay. Mark. Again, this, this manga uh, being fairly lighthearted and then just this undercurrent of oh yeah no this is an entirely different time and place and uh is very kind of <laughs> up in that regard yeah my mouse taking it in stride i suppose mm -hmm. well that's just that's just how life kind of works so yeah. you deal yeah. with it she takes it uh fully in stride jinshi seems very distraught as she tells this story because he comments on the fact that she uh, doesn't have her freckles anymore. <laughs> we we uh, see the 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 main like uh, not the main crux, but like one of the important plot points of the uh, garden party arc. Uh, trinkets, <laughs> <laughs> so many trinkets, all Mau of the hairpins. Yep, Mama was given a necklace by uh, Lady Kyokyo, which uh, indicates that she is one of her ladies in waiting. At which point, Jinshi is like, "Here, have a hairpin." What am okay. I going to do with a man's hairpin? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> and all the other girls are going, ooh! It's very obvious what all of this means, and Mau Mau just is not paying attention. You just went and stabbed this into my hair, you scrape my scalp, that hurt, you asshole. <laughs> I bet I could sell this, this looks pretty valuable. <laughs> <laughs> That's a reaction to most things handed to her. Uh, but yes, uh, we are about halfway through our reading. So before we get into the garden party itself, let's take a quick break uh, to refresh ourselves before <laughs> this nonsense. Oh. The various heavy things we'll have to unpack. Uh, we'll be right back after this. And welcome back to the show, folks, where last we left off, uh, the uh, Spring Garden Festival was just about to begin. The ladies-in-waiting of the Jade Palace, along with uh, Lady Gyoku, uh, went to uh, attend this um, <laughs> very fancy party. Except it is the first day of spring, it is cold, why are we here in all these thin silks? Oh god, it's so miserable. Who's even here? Who is even here? Well, the Emperor, for one. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty important. Mm -hmm. And secondary, uh, his mother, Empress uh, Dowager, 
who is so he, they, she, they explain how she is the emperor's mother she is the current emperor's mother yes biologically she birthed the emperor and if you do the math it gives you such an uncomfortable number it was censored yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> she, she was, was only bleep years old and Mao Mao looks visibly ill at that. She must have labored very hard. Oh, yeah, well, now she has to go to numerous garden parties. So, I mean, did she win? That is way too much for us to unpack on this podcast. We're going to move on. Uh, but we learned that uh, the emperor, the current emperor's father, the late emperor, apparently did really like him young because... Uh, after some more petty squabbling uh, with Lady Leo's ladies-in-waiting. We get introduced because the entire point of this garden party is it is the four um, imperial consorts. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, them bitches really have whatever standing they have. Mm-hmm. But they're not the empress. Yeah. Because if, uh, if there was an empress, this party would only be her and the emperor. But... Uh-huh. There's not, so things get more confusing. Yep. And they get way more confusing because we get a little bit of drama between the other two unnamed consorts we hadn't brought up yet. Mm-hmm. Known by their titles, the Pure Consort and the Virtuous Consort. We terrible learn- names. Yes. Uh-huh. All of the names are terrible, frankly, but... We learn that um, the last emperor, uh, they are basically mother and daughter in terms of, like, age and... Maybe not biologically, I think, but like in terms of marriage connection. Yes. So mother being that she was attached to the previous emperor before he passed away and was subsequently absorbed after the um, mm. current emperor came to power. So yeah, they're, kinda... they're, they're in like a weird step relationship because it, it's 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 stepmother stepdaughter technically now they're both married to the same person and it's it's caused a lot of drama so what and... happened what happened was one of the consorts um was married to the emperor the current emperor when he was the prince mm-hmm. which makes her the daughter-in-law to or stepdaughter i suppose to the consort who is married to the emperor the last emperor. Yes. But when the last emperor died, that consort became a nun or took a monthly, monastic vows. A monastic vow of, of like, yeah. And um, none is sort of the Western concept of it, I think, but mm. it, it's, the, it's, the, it's the best parallel I had. I, I, kept, I kept reading that wrong, hearing Masonic vows, and I kept thinking she was in the Illuminati. Goddamn Illuminati. (laughs) Yes. Yes, she's in the Illuminati. That would make more sense. So conveniently, that makes a lot of sense because there's some weird political shenanigans that is even causing this to be a thing because the whole deal is it's insane that these two women are even in the same running because a consort from the previous generation and the current emperors, like just by the nature of how generations work, shouldn't be mixing up as much as they are. Mm-hmm. But uh, unfortunately, we do find out um, there is uh, we're, we've gotten over this. Uh, w- the pure consort is fourteen. No, the virtuous consort is fourteen. 
uh, <laughs> terrible names. Yes, yeah. that's why I, yeah, I hated these they, names. They, they have actual names, but they're mostly just called by their titles. Uh, the Virtuous Consort is 14, and the Pure Consort is uh, was 30 at the time of the last Emperor's passing. So Mau Mau, very reasonably, assumes that the older Pure Consort was the last Emperor's wife. No, it is revealed that the very young virtuous consort who was nine at the time was the last emperor's wife. And the current emperor was married to the pure consort when he was the prince. Question, why do the rest of the ladies in waiting, so not the consorts themselves, give her so much crap for, oh, you are technically like, not a gold digger, but I mean, like, you were literally a child, not even like romantically involved with the emperor, but technically only. But that's, well, that's kind of why. Is they're catty bitches. Yeah. And more importantly, they know her placement is purely political. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that makes her not belong here. Yeah, because after she was done being a child wife, she went to take up monastic vows. And then, because of reasons that has not been explained in our reading, she was thrust back in as another consort at the ripe old age of 14. Because of all of the age shenanigans, Mau Mau is rightfully horrified. Mm-hmm. To be fair, Mau Mau is just like, Mau Mau is just like, 14 is kind of young for a wife. But then when but she does the math, she's like, wait, no, this is actually really bad. <laughs> Nine. Nine. I mean, I think, I think it's more of the, it's more of the outrage of the fact that she's a left, quote unquote, leftover wife at fourteen. She's not even like original clean slate. Oh, you were just a young wife. You were literally a leftover and a wife, leftover that, wife. That's why Lady Lishu. We we do actually get the virtuous consort's name. It's Lady Lishu. But uh, that is why Lady Lishu's uh, ladies in waiting don't like her. Um, Mao Mao is uh, like. That's some pedophilia right there. <laughs> to be fair, the current emperor, it's pretty clear. This is just politics that's happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. because Mau Mau points out, he doesn't seem to particularly favor her and has, uh, this is the case oh. where we get like the second or third time uh, Mau Mau makes the uh, ripe fruit uh, <laughs> metaphor. Mm. The current emperor likes him of age and likes him with big titty. <laughs> yeah, he, li he likes full volume, full bodied women. Mm -hmm. a certain type of women which makes uh Gyokyo's uh high standing particularly impressive because while she is not as flat as Mao Mao she's not as voluptuous as Li Hao <laughs> and then the other like head consort uh the 30 year old woman mm -hmm. um I mean she's she's got her own problems because she's 30 <laughs> like <laughs> 35 at this point I think they also talk about how that is like political because they're like okay there's a reason why she's still even in the running there yeah. has to be like a political connection i mean to be to be fair yes at 35 that starts becoming yeah you start being there starts being actual concerns about whether or not you can do the job uh, and she was the wife of the emperor before he became the emperor when he was mm -hmm. the crown prince yeah which is probably the reason she's still there so, but she doesn't get uh, explored in this particular reading. So we're going, as we established earlier, these two aren't really, the emperor needs to pick four favorites. Mm -hmm. These two are barely even in the running. He, he pays attention to them as is politically required. 
but uh-huh i mean that kind of pl- it kind of provides a layer of that a lot of guys might not consider of there's not just oh which one is the one you want to really like lay down with it's like there's also a political standing to this that you have to actually garner favor with families that are pretty prominent you can't mm-hmm. just decide i i like this one she's really hot also those families want royal children yes it's the other mm-hmm. thing like yes you can't just you just can't pump them and dump them guys tur- turns out when you turn the prospect of creating children into a business uh you run into some weird territory like yep uh, i don't know what to tell you it gets uncomfortable very fast. Uh, anyway, uh, we need to make the uh, manga uncomfortable in a completely different way. So Mau Mau is doing her food tasting job. Mm-hmm. And we get a lot of her internal monologue. Yes. Real quick, real quick before we get to that, we have one more weirdo giving her a trinket at this party, which she does not understand. Yeah. A soldier, uh, Lee Haku, uh, gives her a... My man. My man Lee Haku, he gives her a he gives her a hairpin, and she notes, oh, he's got like a dozen of those in his belt. He's just going around handing these out to ladies as like an obligation. He is being a nice guy. He is a nice guy. He's wanting to make sure everyone is included. Yeah, my man Lahaku is literally just going, it would be incredibly embarrassing for any of the women who showed up to this event to not receive a favor. Mm-hmm. So he just brought one for everybody. <laughs> yeah. And Mamo does not understand the significant because all the other girls are just like "Ooh, you've got two favors now oh lady gyoku's not gonna like this are you on about you weirdos they tried to explain it to her but she wasn't paying attention (laughs) she's just got she's got this very adorable just blank stare towards the camera (laughs) and and even eventually like lady goku is just like oh god you you don't understand the implication but i will allow this it's just you yeah. poor naive child. This this is the thing I say how um Mau Mau kind of flip-flops between being Sherlock Holmes level genius and like complete idiot. Cause this is just willful ignorance about a crucial aspect of her life. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, she she desperately does not want to be a part of these courtly political bullshit shenanigans. She keeps getting dragged into it because at this point, how could she not? She is a lady in waiting of a favorite consort. Also, and also a pretty extreme person. She's still acting like she can just nose, keep her head down, like just like nose to work, be on my grind, get out of here in two years. I mean, I have to give props to her consort, though. The consort is just like, yeah, she's just an innocent person. She's <laughs> she's not like you know really giving her the rub there of like say like oh she's trying to you know get one over on me or anything or she's really trying to like work the system. No, she she sees her for like, oh god, you poor naive girl. <laughs> you poor dumb child. <laughs> oh, I I don't want you here any longer than you need to be. <laughs> I, I do really like Kyokyo. She's she's a lot of fun. She understands the situation, which I appreciate. She's very politically cognizant. She doesn't do anything that would be disadvantageous for herself, but she is having so much fun. She loves creating <laughs> shenanigans that that leave her just rolling laughing. That's the reason she loves Mau Mau so much, because Mau Mau just creates shenanigans to laugh at. She's having a blast. So I also kind of get the vibe that Gyoku, like, is purposely also real on board with Mau Mau needs to get out of there. Mm-hmm. She, she doesn't want to keep her around because 
this doesn't get mentioned ever again, but it is brought up by Jinsi at the very beginning that women in the inner core are ranked upon three things, uh, their beauty, their virtue, and potentially most importantly, in terms of siring a good air, their intelligence. Mm. So Mau Mau being so smart. And when they find out her freckles are fake, uh, suddenly she's pretty good looking. So, um, oh no. Mm-hmm. Even if she does not have the bountiful fruits, the emperor is so happy with. See, that's not, pers- that's personal preference. The, the emperor can still do his job, which is siring an heir. Like, yeah, that's that's sort of the big thing where there's already two political elements in the uh, four main consorts. So, please, she could be made a fifth. I so I thought there was a whole thing about there was four main ones because of like the four cardinal directions or something, because they're each given a certain color. They're given yeah. a, we're given a color, they're given a gem, everything. Meanwhile, he still doesn't have an empress. So once the empress sweeps in, though, the consorts are, like, knocked down a peg. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because uh, Liyue is black, uh, Gyokyo is garnet, uh, Li Shu is white, and the other one is garnet which i thought was also red maybe i'm just missing so, so one is black and red the other one is garnet and green actually because it was to complement her red hair and then right the other- right that's gyokyo because uh her thing is like red and green because she's got the red hair and the green eyes and they make a lot of points about how uh she is able to wear red best in all the land mm-hmm. well i mean she looks good in it so i mean yeah yeah, yeah. It would be really embarrassing if anyone wore a matching color. <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, Lady Lishu, why are you wearing pink? Because, because I'm literally a child. <laughs> <laughs> I am 14 years old and do not have the mental capacity to understand these shenanigans. Uh, there, there, is just... a, there is a bit before uh, all of this where uh, another hairpin, this time from uh, Li Hao, uh, in gratitude for saving her. At which point the other ladies in waiting from the Jade Palace are like, ooh, this this one might actually piss off Lady Kyokyo. <laughs> Yoko, yeah. uh, better be real cool about this. Explanation of like, it actually pisses her off. It's just the idea of it is like, theoretically, this could cause a spark. There's no real like indication that it actually causes anything. The hairpins from the men are understandable she wants to keep you as her lady in waiting but like if a if like you use the hairpins to go with a man that's understandable but this is lee house saying that she would have you in her court as well and i can't have that she's my rival uh she's gonna be grumpy about this anyway uh... <laughs> and, and, and mama just with the most blank expression on her face <laughs> no thoughts head empty well i mean i feel like that was like part of her understanding it's just like oh god this poor girl does not understand at all like the the other <laughs> ladies in waiting are like sweating trying bullets. to explain and she's like oh god mal like mal mal legitimately does not understand so i don't take it as a personal slight but i'm still a little bit of like miffed about it <laughs> Mamao's head is not empty. It's full of the three P's. Poisons, potions, and poultices. <laughs> uh, That's very clean. So uh, anyway, there's a big fancy dinner. Mm-hmm. So we, we got to do the uh, food tasting, and uh, we get a bunch of internal monologue of Mau Mau where 
it had been hinted at before, but it's going whole hog into Mau Mau really, really wants to be poisoned. So, yeah, before Mau Mau was just really interested in poisons and thought it was cool. Mau Mau has a kink. <laughs> Mau Mau is not an asexual being. Mau Mau wants to fuck poisons. <laughs> the whole like bit in chapter two where it was talking about her her Mithridates past, <laughs> like it seems, at it. it seems like an academic obsession. Now, like she has like the blush lines and sparkly eyes, thinking about how it would feel if she uh, ate uh, raw pufferfish. I spent so many hours eating pufferfish and pumping my stomach afterwards. Ah, oh, the tingling, it was so good. It's like, okay, Mama, please slow down. <laughs> some of the looks, like some of the girls are just like, not only is she like a freak for wanting poisons, but it's like, do you have an ED? On top of that, to getting your pump, your stomach pumped, like for all these incidents, whether it's a snake venom or whether it's pufferfish venom, whether you have a cure, quote unquote, for whatever illness, you're like, okay, this will definitely make him feel like his stomach is coming out from from inside <laughs> of him. And I'm just like, do you just have an ED or something? I just want to savor that numbing sensation on the tip of my tongue. It's like, okay, girl, calm down. You are the only one who is blushing and like rubbing at your own face while all of the other poison tasters are quaking in terror. <laughs> There's there are a couple of looks from uh, from some of the people uh, I'll have when she's having. <laughs> there there is a crowd of officers and the emperor watching these people taste test the food they're going to be eating. And she's just like, oh yeah, give me that toxin, baby. And it's actually because of her reaction to, to the thought of these toxins that leads to the fact that this general is apparently poisoned. Cause he's like, well, it looks like she really like enjoyed that. I mean, I want what she's having. Oh, yeah, because um, over the course of the meal, the different, uh, you know, courses and drinks and such are served. And uh, for the uh, for the soup, she gets something we get a bunch of glamour shots of Mao Mao enjoying the soup. Mao 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 has orgasmed. If I were just a bystander, I'm like, hell, heck yes, I want what she's having. And it's like, <laughs> no, there's poison in this. I'm just I'm just going through a thing right now. It's it's more so than just the I'll have what she's having reference. It's literally that scene from the movie because this crowd of people are watching Mau Mau just <laughs> orgasming over how good this poison is. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, if I were the bystander, I'd probably do the same thing because she looks like she's having a good time. There's a whole page of her blissed out expression. <laughs> Like, okay. <laughs> like, pause the podcast right now. Go bring up YouTube. Go watch the trailer for the anime. It's literally in there of just this scene because that's how you market this. Uh, how do we get guys to watch this Jose series? I know. Yeah. So go <laughs> ahead. Go go watch that. You've probably paused this already. You're probably driving your car right now. So go watch this. <laughs> Don't just be, be safe while driving, okay? Not. Do whatever you want. I'm not a cop. <laughs> After Mau Mau is done coming down. There's a fun scene of Jinchi uh, goes to find Mau Mau because she excuses herself. Uh, probably should have done that earlier. Uh, and uh, 
Mama turns around uh, as uh, Gigi's approaching, and it's like it's the first time he's seen her like actually smile, and the look <laughs> on his face of she was just like splashing her face with water to like calm down because she recognized that she was getting a little too hot and heavy over this. And she's like, oh, I, I excused myself specifically to take care of this. And he's like, you've already done damage, girl. What the <laughs> hell was wrong with this? <laughs> oh, I, I think I think she's supposed to be washing her mouth out. But honestly, Jay's explanation is. is funnier. She's just like, hold on, Jinsi. You've got some explaining to do. You weren't here the entire morning of this arc. What's up with that? Also, conveniently, the Emperor's brother wasn't here when he's supposed to be here. Why are you two never in the same location? <laughs> <laughs> you silly eunuch. He's definitely a eunuch, right? Definitely. Absolutely. He's definitely a eunuch. Yes, yes. Well, well considering... <laughs> By her own description of eunuchs, he does not fit the criteria. So, so I'm like... So to be fair... There is a bonus chapter in the manga where she could be pretty clear. She should know if he's a eunuch or not. She's very specific. <laughs> I'm just saying. We'll talk about it when we get to that scene because I, I loved the bonus chapter. Mm -hmm. Oh, the bonus chapters are great. But like, while we're all having this good time of, uh, you know, uh, Mau Mau detecting the poison and getting off to it. Yeah, funny ha-has. There is actual drama ongoing because she notes that, wait a minute, I have been a part of Lady Kyokyo's uh, court long enough to know what her usual meal plan is. And this is not it. Something has been swapped out here. And I see that her usual shellfish meal is over there with Lady Lishu, who looks freaked the hell out. And her poison taster is grinning like the Joker. Yes, because Lee, uh, and we'll go into this later on, but technically a shellfish sensitivity is not a poison, but it is very uncomfortable, as, as those with dietary intolerances will know. So it's just kind of like, I know what's coming. It's not great. Technically, it's not poison, but I'm not looking forward to this at all. <laughs> They're abusing a 14-year-old's allergenic reactions in order to uh, harass her. Be, be it, petty about circumstances that she doesn't seem to be entirely on board with herself anyway. Oh, what? Baby thinks crabs are gross? Ew. It's, it's seriously the mentality. I'm actually going into anaphylactic shock. I can't breathe. To be fair, she ends up just getting hives, but it could be. Well, yeah, that's that's what Mau Mau points out. Mau Mau points out that that could kill her. Yes, this she's very lucky she had a relatively mild reaction. But the fact that even the consort gets a little antsy is like she's had reactions before. She knows this is something that is going to react negatively. So while everyone acknowledges that this is not a poison in of itself, She's like, this is going to be a bad, this is going to be a bad ride. I don't want to deal with this if I don't have to. <laughs> but this is where things start to get a little complicated because Mau Mau notes how Gyokyo's usual meal was swapped mm -hmm. and the shellfish is now with uh, Li Shu, who is freaking out and, the, and her poison taster looks devious about it. And it's like, okay, so I'm technically tasting Lishu's food right now. Oh, hey, poison. Yeah, and, uh, and like, uh, as she's, like, explaining this, uh, like, after the event. In the after-action report with Jinshi. 
Uh, she sits down the uh, virtuous consort and her uh, head lady in waiting, and she's spelling the all of this who out. Had the, the one who had the devious smile. And as she's spelling all this out, she basically says, uh, to paraphrase, boy, it's a good thing somebody who was uh, handing out the trays was fucking incompetent because uh, she, uh, everyone involved should have known that she can't have shellfish. Somebody swapped them out and better not do that again, hint, hint. If this was intentional, it would have been a poisoning. Good thing it was an accident. I have created a comprehensive list of allergens. Here, head lady-in-waiting and poison tester, please memorize this or else. I also like how we get established that Mau Mau is allergic to soba, but that creates a weird question of why is she not eating soba all the time? Because <laughs> mm. it's an allergy. It's not poison. It's different. Okay. <laughs> she, she doesn't get off to the throat clenching in the hives. She gets off to the numb feeling. I, I'm going to say right now, I think that's a, I don't think that's true. Mau Mau <laughs> won't get off to the throat clenching. Yeah, probably. But uh, more importantly, uh, we, we've completely gone over. That was the salad that caused all of this. The, po mm. the soup itself was poisoned. Yeah, oh, yeah and that's no, sort the of. Soup, the soup had, was, uh, had the stuff in it that had Mau Mau uh, getting wild. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And and that's that was sort of like how Mau Mau framed it uh, with, uh, uh, boy, it's a good thing somebody was incompetent and had the uh, dishes switched because uh, mm -hmm. otherwise uh, it would have been the so, uh, virtuous consorts. Uh, so I I don't fully understand this because um, th there's a scene that caused me to burst out laughing when uh, Mau Mau invents fingerprinting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm very thankful they didn't do some bullshit about then getting people's fingerprints to match them up exactly. It's yeah, literally I was wondering about that <laughs> at the time. It's her just going, ah, you can see where the indents are and you can see by their shape and size, they're different people. Yeah. So that yeah. that's fine. And, and, and the other important part is there are fingerprints on the rim, which uh, the attendants are never supposed to touch because that's where the lips of the actually important people go. But, but yeah. Based on where the fingerprints are, it's established that the attendants moved the bowl. I thought what they did was they swapped the trays entirely, but it seems to be they swapped the salad and soup courses. So what, what you mean by they moved the bowl is in whoever added the poison to the soup apparently touched the rim, which if you are tried and true, like one of the attendants, you know not to do that. So yeah. with somebody who's not part of that normal. Yeah, it's it's not it's someone who isn't part of the normal uh, procedure. What uh, what's going on is Mau Mau identifies there's at least two people who should have touched the bowl and there's three distinct sets of fingerprints. Mm -hmm. And the third, because uh, like there's the person who prepares the soup, there's the person who puts the soup on the tray, but uh, there's another set that's on the rim. And as someone who is an apothecary and therefore mixes things, where they are on the rim is how you'd hold it if you were mixing something else into the soup. Mm -hmm. uh, and then what then happened afterward is that when they were being brought out to the uh, consorts, head lady in waiting swapped them after the fact whether or not she also put the poison in it is technically a possibility but unlikely just because of the okay. timing so, of it so then gyoku was the target of the soup poison the entire time no it was no, it Lishu was, was it was lishu the entire time okay, then, yeah my question still stands why didn't 
why would they not swap? The swap was not part of the poisoning. They are two independent acts. So the lady in waiting, it's it's hinted at the fact that she wanted to get one over of her lady by just saying, okay, I know she can't have certain self shellfish and fish intolerance or whatever. So I'll just get one over of like swapping over a dish. She did not anticipate having a poison soup dish also also be involved also be on that tray yes so it's kind of like you you anticipated one you anticipated one course oh no wait second course got thrown no yeah i I, wait no 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 no. hold on i think matt wait no matt's right what they make it clear she swapped the salad course so that the shellfish the poison soup was for lady Gyoku, but but no they spend a lot of time saying that it wasn't for her but yeah, I think they, they I said think they that swapped they, the trays, but then they because, also make because it because it's 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 a salad that she was allergic to because the salad had the tuna or something. In oh, it. yeah, Wait. the meals came. The, I I think the meals came together like the uh, like they were on uh, uh, okay. different trays, but they were all part of the same entourage. So that's why the swapped uh the the salad and soup were swapped together basically. But I don't. There's it's not exactly clear whether or not it was like in tandem no yeah because they make the whole thing about that this is why i brought up the fingerprints that's a whole thing is that there are four sets of fingerprints on the the salad bowl no on the soup bowl so this actually carries into the next mystery um since we're apparently like a conan mystery series but (laughs) yeah so it turns into whether or not the original perpetrator had malintent or they were just trying to like prank somebody well i mean pranks whether or not that's dangerous you know because it it is examined that the thing with the lady in waiting is uh that's that thing that we mentioned earlier of she probably knew this was potentially lethal but was kind of squinting past that for the sake of her uh I, i think i I think she genuinely didn't know it was lethal because she seems yeah. very worried with when... Yeah, she seems horrified when Mau Mau is explaining that. She's like, she oh, could that... have died. This is not just a prank. And the lady in waiting is like, oh, she could have died. Oh no. Yes. You're you are okay. very lucky that she has hive. She could do... have freaking died. Wait, then do we find out who poisoned the soup? No, no we, we do don't. Not. No. We have okay. no idea. But someone wanted. Yeah, but I mean, like, that's where it becomes kind of muddy, because it's like, it's obvious someone poisoned the soup. The soup poison would have potentially killed somebody. But Mm. that is separate from, you know, the salad course getting mixed up of, like, okay, this person happens to have a food allergy versus the other one who eats okay it's th- this is this is in a panel uh i see uh where the confusion is there's a there's a tray that has both the soup and the salad on it they were brought uh independently to the tasters that's when the soup and salad get separated oh yeah because okay. they i i know they stated out loud that the soup and salad were attached to each other when they were brought out but they have a flashback of uh them on the tray so when they're presented to the consorts they're together like the dishes are together but when they were brought to the tasters they were separated gotcha so so the the point of all of this because this is this is mau mau's takeaway from it is that poison was aimed directly at the virtuous consort specifically and the fact that it accidentally got swapped to gyokyo and i i was the one tasting it was an accident 
Mm-hmm. So there's two plots at cross. Yeah. The ladies in waiting being petty and yes. the actually politically motivated assassination. Yes. Both of which were tar- targeting Li Shu. Yes. And and managed to save the life of the petty poison taster. <laughs> to be, to be fair, Funnily petty, enough, petty poison taster did not deserve to die. Like yes, that's also true. true. Also, true. it was just which a it, prank, friend. It was just a prank. It's a prank, bro. Which, which is actually Mao Mao's reasoning, which she because like she's explaining this entire like deductive process to um. Uh, Jinshi's attendant, the soldier man, and uh, he's like, okay, so you knew that the poison taster did something potentially lethal to the consort. Why didn't you directly point that out in front of officials who could do something about it? I don't think she meant it on, like, I don't think she meant it to be lethal. I think she wanted to get one over over later in waiting, similar to why they allowed her to wear pink. So... She's petty, not malicious. It's an accident. It's an a- it was an accident, and luckily no one died. So, frankly, if we could just sweep this under the rug, I think this is better for everyone. Punishing mm. her when luckily no one got hurt is unnecessary. And Ma- yeah, and Mamao even explicitly says, "Look, the lives of us ladies in waiting are infinitely less valuable than the consorts, especially us poison tasters." Yeah, and actually, counterpoint. She should definitely not be a poison taster anymore. Uh, <laughs> she should be removed from that position. I'm just saying, if you're a poison taker, taster and you feel the inclination to pull, like, pranks on your mistress, you should probably be removed. That uh-huh. is not a role where you're allowed to, like, pull pranks. That's not. No. <laughs> well, a lot of the ladies-in-waiting uh, have been uh, generally been proven to be incompetent so far, so... Mm-hmm. My favorite part is how uh, Jinchi gets uh, bribes Mao Mao into actually doing her detective coded investigation by bringing her the rest of the soup. And she's like, <laughs> I would eat that soup, but it's been tainted by being in silver for too long. It's going to taste gross. I said what I said. Bring me the soup. I'm still going to eat the soup. I lied. <laughs> it's, uh, it's oxidized too much silver now. It's not going to be as good. Now nah, I'm still going to eat it. Yum, yum, yum. Mm, that's your problem. <laughs> <laughs> I love I love the look on her face when initially during the party, like Jinshi goes to find her and she's like, Sir Jinshi, could I have the leftover soup? And she's like drooling. And he's like, <laughs> What is wrong with you? Nothing is wrong with me. I'm not weird. You we, don't, we don't have enough time to unpack that. Give me the fucking soup. <laughs> I regret washing my mouth out. If I hadn't washed my mouth out, I would be convulsing right now. Mau Mau, please. Mau Mau, please. <laughs> Mau Mau, there's lots of... Actually, let's go step by step. One, I'm your boss. Don't tell me your kinks. Two, <laughs> um, first of all, that'd be really being bad at your job. Don't do that. Thirdly, Mau Mau, what the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, the, the panel of her imagining her response to drinking the poison soup which is her on the floor convulsing from the poison in her system and the blissed out expression on that mental image's face I'm just like oh no <laughs> yes unfortunately I envision as these things go of him, continue, him continuing to be grossed out by her reaction, but also unfortunately be normalized to just like, oh God, this is not, a kink, isn't it? Not, not Jinsi's <laughs> into it. 
He's he's into it. He's uh he's got that uh, degradation kink. So they, they they're in sync. Yes. Actually, the the kind of funny thing is that because Mau Mau is smiling so much and Jinsei had, uh, had uh, enjoyed her comparing him to a slug, he he doesn't seem quite as enamored with her as he usually is, which is goddamn hilarious. He sees her smiling and he's like, "Oh, you're 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 just like all the rest of them, aren't you?" Gross. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you're you're not my ice queen. What is this nonsense? <laughs> she's such a little goblin i love her so much i need i need a short stack dommy mommy i need <laughs> to get negged god damn it negged don't and pegged don't bully me okay <laughs> basically that's, that's their relationship that's actually their relationship oh <sighs> well Oh, yeah. More to unpack with that relationship because this is just like the front-facing part of it. Oh God! Speaking of Jinshi, uh, the end of this arc is when we get the like the manga telling you, "Hey, did you think it's weird about Jinshi? Mm, some secrets there." Like, yeah, we get it. He's the emperor's brother, or something else convoluted that's going to make it not as simple as that. But like, that's basically what's going on because. Be because Mau Mau is like dead set on him being a eunuch, and I'm just like, despite the fact that you lay out your quote unquote criteria for a eunuch, and he meets none of them. He has his cock and balls. That's the important part. Do we know that? <laughs> that See, she lays out her criteria. Okay, if you're a eunuch, that means you're no longer are interested in female attention, and you sub substitute that for sweets. We don't know that for certain, but it can be surmised. You start to gain weight because you, like, have this appetite for sweets. Well, she also does say that if uh, eunuchs typically have more feminine features, which does apply to Jinshi. Yeah, that's the one thing that actually applies, which I think is the reason why she's so convinced that he's a eunuch, but also extremely arrogant. And her initial uh, assessment of him was that he's a eunuch, which means it must be true. Like, this is this is Mau Mau being a stubborn idiot. <laughs> which, um just gonna tell you you can probably just ask around uh you could just ask him i think i feel like he would get, not even necessarily him i he, mean he'd he answer would get, he would get extremely offended likely but he would give you an answer i don't think he'd be offended i think he'd he'd probably eat more be uh bishi sparkles at her oh yeah. you want to know more about me <laughs> yes yes she's interested well i could lift my skirt for you no thank you Yes. See, I don't know if Jinshi would be okay with that because he he really is only super bishi when he's in control. But I mean, he he also enjoys the lady's attention, though. Not that he not that he, he entertains it, but he appreciates the lady's attention because he's like, "Look at me! I have yeah. command of control." That's the thing. He gets a lot of unwanted male attention, and that really seems to just completely destroy his like confidence. Because he's mm. a pretty man. Anyway, Mama wants to take a trip home. Yeah, which is reasonable. And she, and she needs to do that by how she understands it, using one of her favors to bone some guy for three days. Dude, dude, okay. <laughs> she does not understand that part She of is it. a sweet summer child, okay? She is legitimately like, these are my tickets out of here. I was told that that means that I get a ticket out of here. So 
Which one of you guys is going to allow me to to leave the inner circle? A hundred percent she understands the point of this is to have sex. Yes. No, she doesn't. Yes, she does. She, That's no, why no, she, she, op- does. she She offers does. up the letters of introductions to the brothel she lives at. Yeah, that's an yes. exchange. That's that's like payment. Yes, because she's not going to have sex with them. So I can see how this could be a delineating point. Whether or not she understands the extent of, okay, these the are essentially sexual favors. Whether or not, like, either it has ah. to be performed by yourself or you have to guarantee sex is another thing. Yeah, I see the miscommunication. She understands the transactional element of it. Yes. She does not understand the social implications of it. Yes. She right. does not, okay, yes, yes. She does yes. not understand it's, the it's social implications, said, so. which is what her, 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 pat- not her patron, but her, um, it's kind of funny how her consort understands how naive Mau Mau is. So she's just like, that poor girl does not understand. And I have to tell everyone that she is going out for three days. <laughs> with, with a with a bed. Yeah, Gyokyo, she is laughing. She, she is <laughs> laughing because she understands how innocent and naive her own lady-in-waiting is. She's like, oh God, you don't understand the social Mean- implications. Meanwhile, Gyoko's just like, oh cool, that'll keep her off the table completely from the emp- emperor. Done. <laughs> I mean, I don't think she's worried about the emperor. I think she legitimately is like, oh, she doesn't understand like amongst the other ladies in waiting what this means. No, she's 100% just doing it to troll Jinshi. Well, that's I mean, true too. Yes, yeah. yes, it is 100%. She's like, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to think of what I'm gonna tell Jinji. But I understand that Mao Mao does not understand the social implications of what she's doing. I'm gonna have to think of what I'm gonna tell Jinji. And either way, it's gonna be hilarious. Yes. <laughs> and the broken expression on Jinji's face on page one of chapter eleven. Yes. <laughs> this man. He hears that Mau Mau has left with a soldier as part of one of the favors that was given to her. And Jinji's like, Ugh! <laughs> <laughs> what? And, me? and Gyoko literally is crying with laughter. Gyoko knows what's up. That's why I appreciate her. <laughs> I mean, in all honesty, Gyoko, me too. This is hilarious. It's a three-day visit home. I I love the whole scene with the soldier mm-hmm. because he receives the missive from Mau Mau and basically goes, uh, one of those poor girls like took my like just being nice favor as like a I'm actually willing to like court you to marry you. Uh, this is going to be awkward to talk her through. But was, hey, I was really girl. hoping I was really hoping this wouldn't come to anything. <laughs> There are some cute girls in the the inner court, so maybe one of them I gave them to, I'll consider it. But, like, this is really... Oh, no, it was her. Uh, yeah, I'm not interested. appreciate the fact that he was willing to meet her in person, though, to tell her that. Because he could have easily just written a letter and said, yeah, I'm not interested. Well, well, he's meeting her in person because he's like, it might be one of the cute girls. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh, right, that flat girl. Oh, I mean... wasn't she the one who got like really horny about the poison i mean that's kind of kinky but like not really my vibes so like i I don't know whatever it is you want i i'm not interested oh but are you interested in these letters of introductions to the three highest ranking prostitutes in the entire pleasure district excuse me what 
Yes. Yes, I am. How do you have that? That's where I grew up. I know them personally. We're actually besties. So, I mean, like, yeah. We are actually besties. I can introduce you to them. (laughs) Don't believe you because that's insane. It is insane, but it's true. (laughs) Oh, well, I guess I'll just have to go ask somebody else. Whoa, 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 you've got multiple hairpins? Oh, yeah, I suppose I do have this very I am very popular. I actually was doing you a favor because I'm just like, you were first on my list. (laughs) And Lee Hawker's just sitting there like, oh, no, she's (laughs) balling. Yes. Yes. Well, because, yeah, even if it was like, ah, it's purely transactional, I'll help you. Mau Mau doesn't understand the social implications, and he's kind of going like, I'm going to have to do some, like, she she has she has an overactive logic brain and not realizing the social because she's like in the center of like social interactions matter. So she's like, okay, I know what I need to do to achieve X. See, but social she, implications. She does understand enough of the social implication to go, ah, he's not being sold on this. Well, I'll just tell him I have other options, and then that will mean I'm desired by other men which will increase my value in his eyes. So he'll just do it because it makes him seem better off. If if I'm going out with him rather than one of these other guys who gave me a favor, he's better than those guys. Yeah. I mean, Whereas- despite the fact that her consort and the fact that obviously this guy understands what her three-day absence is, it's going to spread like wildfire of, oh no, she is taking a three-day absence. Oh my, what could that mean? Like, oh, they're going to the Pleasure District? Are we ever going to mention that Mau Mau's home is literally a, like, 15-minute carriage ride over a bridge? Yes, it's, it's literally the other side, like, outside the wall. It's not even that far that away. You, one could think <laughs> if you just climbed to the top of the wall, she could wave to her dad at any point. Oh, I, I feel like the guards might have a problem with that, but I don't know. Yes. I don't know. They let that crazy lady dance up there. Or yeah, not that crazy is, lady. She is absolutely crazy and not nothing else is wrong with her. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, the fact that Mau Mau admits that there's probably very little she could do to treat her. She's just like, I just gave her something to keep her calm and make her sleep better, hopefully. I don't think the guards pay a lot of attention. Especially because the guards on the inside are just eunuchs. We have our lovely couple <laughs> going to the pleasure district. Yes. And uh, they head immediately to the highest priced brothel in the entire place, Verdigree, where Mau Mau has the letters of introduction for the, again, the three highest ranking prostitutes in the entire Pleasure District. Women more exclusive than the Emperor's consort in, uh, consorts in some uh, manner. I, I just want to know what Soldier Boy's like request for leave to his commanding officer was. <laughs> well you see one of the girls i gave my uh dime a dozen favors to turns out to be absolutely the most like cash slinging in this entire place so (laughs) excuse me captain i am going to go whore it up for three solid days proof (laughs) high five And I love when they walk into Vertigree because they see the madam who's just this old lady. And uh, <laughs> Mama's like, hey, granny, long time no see. D- don't you say hey to me, messy punch in the gut. We, we get to see we get to see where uh, Mau Mau gets her beast mode from. 
<laughs> oh, that sure takes me back. Oh, Granny would always punch me in the gut to make me vomit up the poison I drank. Yeah. So don't be stupid. This is a don't you don't be stupid punch. <laughs> it has not worked at all. Lihaku is so worried about her. Just like, are you okay? What happened? What was that about? Oh yeah, say hi to the madam of vertigree. I'm fine. Don't worry. This is our handshake. This yeah. is also where we establish that, um, and I'm I'm just clarifying this because I was confused when I read this. Mao Mao has been sending half of her uh, poison taster pay back to the brothel. Well, yeah, because they helped raise her. But, but I mean, is it back to the brothel? Because she also mentions the fact that she's also indebted to send her pay to the flesh sellers. No, the flesh sellers are getting half of her pay already. This is the bonus pay. Uh, she spent a lot of time in uh, Vertigree, uh, and partially they helped raise her, partially she has a tab for all the stuff they that she's bummed from them. So, like, there's a, there's a familial, like, not blood-related, but a familial relationship. Yeah, and um, I don't think Mau Mau's dad is that great of a dad. I'm gonna guess that. <laughs> yeah. She respects him, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it's an implication because it's brought up earlier that she, you know, you know, selling your children for less mouths to feed is, you know, acceptable, but selling them to a brothel or, like, the inner circle is... Or, or having them be kidnapped and sold against their will, apparently ex-familiarity is apparently frowned upon so i mean did her father like essentially tell like i don't know if he officially sold her but tell her that essentially if you want like meals you have to work at this place i don't know i don't know how i don't know how you know regular his income was to support a daughter i don't know enough about feudal china to really have any way of parsing apart what part of this is supposed to be normal mm-hmm. like yeah. i i don't know the- Frank, she has a job that pays well now so it, it worked out for her yeah it's the reason why she's okay with everything that's going on well, yeah I mean, the- even her dad says like if you want a bath go take a bath at the place he's like yeah. just go take a bath there mm-hmm. Well, yeah, they don't they don't have a bath. The relationship between Mau Mau and her father seems to have more elements of master and apprentice than um, father, father and daughter. daughter. Like so like the idea that maybe he's not the best dad ever, like that that tracks and in her flashbacks remembering her childhood, it's it was always to the brothel. So like she spent more time with them than with her father, or at least that's the implication from the flashbacks we've seen up to this point. A hundred percent, this man did not raise little baby Momo. Mm-hmm. Like, of course not. That's woman's work. I I mean, yes, I could see him saying that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he he taught her everything she knows about potion making and whatnot. Everything else she learned, she learned from hanging out with prostitutes at Vertigree. <laughs> to be fair. I think those are lessons her her dad also knows, because this man chose to be an apothecary in the flesh district. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you uh you only do that if you want to make a career of treating venereal diseases. Mm-hmm. I just really like uh how uh Lihaku is uh, sent to one of the uh, three princesses in particular, Peiling. And he's like, Oh, I'm so nervous. Well, hey, actually, um, how much do you work out? 
I mean, I I do a lot of training. I've got some pretty good arms. And like he flexes and he's pretty buff. And she's like, nah, you'll be fine. <laughs> and as he's walking away, she's just internal monologuing. Piling likes her some beef. <laughs> I, I like how um, Granny tells uh, Mau Mau, you are not going to be able to afford this. You, yeah. you were can't going you give to me a, can't you give me a discount? No, why? You don't know me at all if you think that's how this works. <laughs> if anything, I charge you more. <laughs> because how uh, how the um, the brothel works is that the uh, the prostitutes they're not prostitutes actually. They are just pay, they are people pay for their time. They are mm-hmm. they are entertainers, so they are not obliged to you know put out if they don't want to. It's they're so just very really, good at it. They're just consorts, essentially. Well, not consorts, escorts. but I mean, yeah, they're escorts. Escorts, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, if you want to go in there for like a good meal and like entertainment, you can play, you can pay for that. Sing, yeah. yeah. Singing, dancing, that sort of thing. Have which tea it, with a beautiful woman. Yeah. yeah. Which, yeah. It, which, in all honesty, has been uh, a uh, common feature of the oldest profession for pretty much as long as it's existed. I'm just saying, you don't, you don't have to pay for it if you don't want to. Yeah. But unfortunately, what uh, what has happened is Mau Mau knows um, Piling. uh, Piling's type. Yes. Uh, so um, very much this is like empowering, actually, because, you know, if you are high ranking enough, you can decide whether or not you're going to like put out for this guy. You're like, damn, he is. He's no. fine. She, she, knows, she, know, she knows her type. And um, Soldier Boy is getting boned down the entirety of these three days, which <laughs> makes Granny very unhappy. <laughs> You are costing me money. 72 hours with one of the top ranking ladies in the entire pleasure district. Granny is simultaneously angry of someone needs to cover this tab and I'm going to make someone cover this tab. That's good. <laughs> Granny's just like, I'm just saying, meanwhile, like princess is like, you did me a solid girl. I love this man. <laughs> <laughs> Granny is Thank just you. like, look, Mau Mau, love you, girl. Seeing you is not worth this in any way. <laughs> <laughs> and Piling's just like, ooh, this big, strong soldier you brought me. <laughs> also, Granny Granny constantly keeps saying, like, um, by the way, Mau Mau, if you really want to pay me back, uh, I know some sick freaks are into poison play. And Mau Mau's just like, no. <laughs> I will not do that. I, will, I would never get off by someone poisoning me. Well, I don't know. That's a lie. <laughs> We both I'll see this. what yes, this is a lie. I'll, <laughs> s- I'll see what clientele I can send you from the inner court. Aren't they mostly eunuchs? I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> like literally, she knows no men. Like mm-hmm. but uh anyway, she's been having too much fun adventures and reuniting with her dad for a bit. Uh the next day comes and uh a little girl knocks on the door asking for an apothecary because there's been a moida. Amoida. Oh yeah, and uh, notably, her dad is not there because he woke up early to go tend to his herb garden. Dad, your legs are not good enough for that. Why are you doing that? He's, He's an, an old man. He's an OG. He has to like tend to his like really potent herbs and everything. He he doesn't like that buy herb. stuff. Yes, <laughs> just like getting up early. Got to roll that herb. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wake, oh. bake, hoe. Yeah, pretty much. That's his life. Tough life. Oh. But yeah, uh, Mau Mau's got to get involved in uh, the most Detective Conan arc in this manga so far. 
Oh, this is a hundred percent of Detective Conan manga down to the like completely asinine way to kill someone that also doesn't even work. <laughs> <laughs> I love how intricate this murder plot is. So uh, what happens is Mau Mau is brought to not Vertigree, but a, uh, a different brothel where one of the workers and a client are uh, on the verge of death. And uh, Mau Mau is able to stabilize them. Uh, and in the process, she notices, hold on, scattered tobacco, uh, different kinds of liquor. Uh, they've not vomited up anything physical. It's all like spit and stomach acid. Okay, so they've ingested something diluted into something they drank. It's got to be the tobacco. Don't bring me water. That might just make it worse. Get me charcoal and also my father. You, kid who brought me here, go get him. Well, actually, um, what it's kind of like that, but uh, you mentioned the part about diluted. That's what her father finds out when he hits the scene and goes, why didn't mm -hmm. you give them water? Because we have to prove that Mau Mau is Sherlock Holmes, but um, her dad is Mycroft. Because the fact that they do not vomit anything solid implies that there was something diluted into one of, well, the liquid. So that would not, you know, when vomit further, produce anything. Yep. And further diluting it would... Uh... Be would beneficial. be beneficial. Yeah. I really like how they've got like a master student relationship of um her dad just constantly going like, "Hey, why is it like that? Mm -hmm. Tell me what you think." And it's it's 100% like This makes me uh, feel bad about my own like father-daughter relationship because my <laughs> dad would do the very same thing. <laughs> Make you solve murders? No, like we would kind of bounce ideas off of each other like this. Where we would just like, why do you think it's like this? But you never solved any murders in the pleasure district about it. Yeah. <laughs> the the context is important. Oh, okay, hang on. <laughs> that you know of. What the hell could that possibly mean? <laughs> you would know. <laughs> deep J lore here. <laughs> <laughs> on this episode of the Overmonka cast. More, uh. more importantly, um, the one thing I do like is her dad seems solely interested in making the people healthy again mm -hmm. and beyond that he is not interested at all because uh mao mao is just like well no that's kind of weird right like th this doesn't seem like this was just because they, they think it's a lover's suicide where mm -hmm. they can't be together because of finances and she's her contract as a prostitute so they decide to both just drink poison and mm -hmm. be together in the next life but Mau Mau's like, that, that doesn't that, make any sense. That doesn't track with the personality of the guy. Mm -hmm. And also that doesn't track with the details of the scene. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because one of the important things that Mau Mau uh, is taking note of that, you know, her just woke up 10 minutes ago brain is uh, having trouble piecing together, but she gets there eventually, is that the girl who came to get her has seemed very put off about the fact that Mau Mau is there the entire time. And this is culminated in when Mau Mau is like, okay, I've got them stabilized, but I need more assistance in order to get them healthy again. Go get my father. The kid takes an, a truly inordinate amount of time to get this done. And so uh, once the uh, client and the worker are stabilized and healthy again, Mau Mau and her father are treated to uh, a very elaborate uh, tea and cakes by the madam of the establishment. Mau Mau's like, 
you know what? I'm going to go check on him. I'm I just because he was definitely worse off than she was. I want to make sure that everything's okay. So I'm just going to go into his room and oh my God, the kid's about to stab him. And then Mau Mau proves that as long as it's a woman, she will beat the crap out of him. <laughs> okay, also a child. <laughs> Mau Mau doesn't discriminate. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it's not unreasonable that Mau Mau could overpower a child. It's not just that. It's also Mau like this child was very obviously trying to kill this man with a knife. I mean, it's not like... Oh, you were just pulling a prank. It's like, no, this is a clear intent. She had knife over his heart and was in the downward stabbing motion. Yeah, Mau Mau comes over with two fists flying. One uh -huh. for each X chromosome. God damn it. <laughs> Ugh. But uh, it's here where we learn that the man involved here is he's no random Joe. He is a well-known and much reviled client of the pleasure district because his mo is to find uh desperate women convince them that he is in love and will buy out their contracts so that they can be together and then leave them hanging and just move on in other words he takes advantage of a very desperate situation you know the scummiest of the scum and in terms of that young child literally left him hanging uh, her older sister took her own life because of this man's uh, actions. But yeah, he he'd done this to multiple women and he had accrued a reputation to the point where uh, another woman had actually uh, pulled a knife on him at one point. So uh, because he was suspicious was the uh, excuse for why we had the over elaborate murder plot uh, with uh, uh, two different uh, liquors that don't like will yeah. one will sit on top of the other. Yeah, so the whole the whole the whole thing is that it lasts on a caveat that um the brothel they're at has very nice china cups and because the women wear lip rouge they don't want to stain the china so they use these long straws to sip from the bottom of the glass china straws fries yeah. fries yeah so the whole caveat is that this woman has brewed some tobacco liquor because tobacco is a poison in high enough concentrations mm -hmm. i guess any amount of concentration is a mild poison but neither here nor there it, it is a toxic uh level of tobacco mm -hmm. yeah and basically that tobacco liquor still will float on top of um the whatever she's mixing the drink with or whatever mm -hmm. and she puts the straw down takes a sip and then has the like a lethal dose on top to give to him to sip the cup from and then she then takes a mild dose of it so that she has the same symptoms, but not enough to kill her. So that because, it can... Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's from the that's from the uh, straw sip that she took, because whilst they don't mix very well, it's still there is still a level of mixing. So she'll she gets hit by a much less severe. Oh, no, no I thought she literally grabbed the cup afterwards and grabbed a sip off the top. I'm not sure of the details in that regard, but the point is that it's, it's this, very convoluted and very it's very convoluted. Yeah, because yeah, this wasn't this wasn't a lover's suicide. This was an assassination because uh, lover boy. The reason he is still tolerated at the brothels, despite his notoriously <laughs> behavior, is because he's the son of a wealthy merchant, which means he can pay through the nose and hire bodyguards. Okay, yeah, daddy's money is paying for everything. So mm -hmm. that's why the the madam was so nice to them when 
they like saved the life because thank God that this rich kid didn't die in my brothel. Mm-hmm. But Madam and- wasn't in on this assassination. So that's not clear. <laughs> No, actually, this, I love this. This is actually a really cool moment because what the point of all of this is, is Mau Mau is starting to put together, wait a second, the kid who went probably knew what was going on. She might have been in on it because of how much she was lollygagging when uh, medical attention was needed imminently. And the madam might have just been happy that the rich kid didn't die in her uh, establishment, but she also was super generous that feels like hush money. And Mau Mau, the gears are turning in her mind. This is an important element to her character. She's curious. Like for all of the like jokey she gets off on being poisoned stuff, one of her most important character traits is that she has a curious mind. She sees this question and she wants to find the answer for it. And then her father steps in and says, the apothecary work is over. No one died. This is an acceptable outcome. And she just accepts I guess there's nothing else to do and lets it go. Well, I mean, it's technically the same thing like what apothecaries and doctors would do. It's just like, I'm not getting involved in the personal affairs of my patients. I just want them to be stable and relatively oh, quote unquote healthy. I got, I got the vibe that her dad is just like, the pleasure district can be very dangerous. Um, and we're it's not better acting- to not be involved in their affairs. We're not oh, yeah. cops. So yeah. what are you going to do about this? Stop asking questions. <laughs> Yeah, 100%. Mau Mau is also of the opinion of what am I going to do about it, but she has to figure it out for to satisfy her own curiosity. I actually really like, like, how it, I, I say I really like it. I, like, I really like it in terms of how interesting it is as a story, in, like, terms of a character, like, as a person. <laughs> it's <definitely laughs> up how devious this child needed to be to murder a man, but Mau Mau points out how like a apprentice at one of these brothels who is sent as an errand girl would know the schedule of the local apothecary. She showed up and banged on the door of the of my father, who isn't even actually the like physician. He's just the he's just the potion man. Mm-hmm. Th- there's like a distinction there. They, yeah, they could have yeah. gone to get a doctor. Which probably would have been the right call. But no, they went to get the apothecary, and she showed up while father was away tending the garden. If I had not been there, no one would have answered her call, and the guy would have died. And then, you know, written on the report would say, well, I went to the apothecary, but no one was I tried. Yeah. And Mamo just has to kind of like pause in the middle of the street, process that, admire how devious it is, and go, wow. I'm not getting involved in that anymore. I'm going to go take my bath now. Yeah, the the whole point of this is that she is so curious she can't help but try to put the pieces together. But what is she going to do? Getting involved is just dangerous and she can't do anything about it. So the only thing to do is to shrug your shoulders and move on with your life. Which I, I'm curious to see how that uh, idea develops because uh, I could see them doing some interesting stuff uh, thematically with that. Like we've mentioned, there's a lot of, like, tacitly accepting uh, not good things out of willful ignorance is a major theme here. Or or just, like, cultural inertia. Mm. I mean, there's a strong running theme in this of, like, accept the things you can't change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, on, on Mao Mao ends up working 
most of her vacation because <laughs> <laughs> oops uh, mood to be fair she loves doing the apothecary stuff so she's not that yeah. perturbed about it mildly annoyed at most she's just pissed she didn't get didn't get to go take her bath when she wanted to <laughs> well she did take the bath yeah it just had to be later yeah, yeah it, it wasn't the it wasn't the refreshing morning dunk she wanted <laughs> it, it it had to happen later Look, we're we're beating around the bush. Let's get just get to the part where she goes back to the inner sanctum and talks to Jinshi. <laughs> I really like the uh the scene of them leaving uh Vertigree because uh Pai Ling is just hanging off of Lihaku, just like, oh yes, it's truly a pity you have to leave. I can't wait to see you again, my lord. <laughs> and and meanwhile, Granny is seeing I guess uh, I guess it's uh Yen signs in her uh in her eyes. He's up. Get him. He's gotten. <laughs> Mau Mau even comments on that. <laughs> Silver glints like, yes. <laughs> He's hooked. We got him. <laughs> we got him, Buzz. But she returns to the uh, to the inner court. <laughs> and she's so pissed off. I love this. <laughs> oh, every single person who meets her knows exactly who she is. So she's not jealous, but they know. They know Jinsi has been fuming. <laughs> <laughs> They've been seeing him fume. <laughs> Most of them are laughing about it. It just goes into like the fact that she is oblivious to the social implication. Yes, everyone I'm pretty sure if they ask, if they have the impetus to ask, probably has been told the arrangement. But it's the social implications. <laughs> You just disappear for three days with what some random dude as your patron? It's patron has an implication here. It's really cute too because Jinsi's like, excuse me, Mao Mao, I'll have you know. I worked super hard and got all of my homework done so we could hang out. And then I find out you gone gallivanting away with some rando. <laughs> you <laughs> could have gone away with me. <laughs> the one time, the one time he actually knuckled down and got his paperwork done, was hoping she would come to him with the favor. And instead, she went out with Lihaku. And she's just so proud of herself because she's so she's so pleased with, like, the level of deviousness of, like, oh, yes, I tricked him into uh, taking me out and I didn't have to deal with him for those three days. I'm sure he was very satiated. <laughs> she's just, like, blue screening, dropping his teacup. I gave him a night to remember the stuff that dreams are made of. <laughs> I'm just saying, I fully believe his, he, he did blue screen. He legitimately could not compute beyond that so as as i alluded to earlier the bonus chapters are he did blue screen mm -hmm. and then mau mau sees that he dropped his drink down the front of his pants goes over kneels on her knees in front of him and like dries the front of his trousers off <laughs> and, and gets up and leaves and he comes out of his blue screen like wait did i space out and miss something good <laughs> She's so happy with herself. Just like, I think he was thoroughly satiated. I'm too happy to see that my efforts did not go to waste. <laughs> Momo, you have to know what you're saying, right? There's no way she can't. She grew up in a brothel. Like, this level of being unaware is... 
Yep. And I love She's willfully ignorant. It's not something she cares about, so as far as she's concerned, it she's doesn't exist. She's willfully ignorant, but I mean legitimately, as we have addressed at least this far in the reading previously, she knows theoretically how to please a man. But if she were to say, Hey, I know how to please a man, people would imply things. But <laughs> she's right, probably. And I love it. She goes to leave to get a napkin after <laughs> Jinshi yes. chops his teacup. <laughs> There's Kyoku <laughs> just laughing her ass off oh. on the other side of the door. I said what I said. <laughs> Yoko and like the three like like underling uh ladies in waiting, they are all freaking reveling in this. They're having such a good time. And the head lady in waiting is like no, no, please. I mean, please I love, I, I have to say, I love this little, this little, I don't want to say family quite yet, but I love this little group for her because they like totally see what her jib is and they're just like, yes. <laughs> we are on board for this little gremlin's chaos. It is so much fun. Yes. <laughs> and then there's the adult, the two adults in the room is uh, uh, Jinshi's attendant and, and the head lady in waiting, who are both just like, I can't believe this is still happening. Yes. Uh, but conveniently, uh, Gyoko and through some other happenstance. This does get cleaned up, which uh, Jinsi's happy about. I forget He's there's saying, a whole... so there's saying, so there's a chance. Yeah. <laughs> they also drop another hint about like, hey, do you think Jinsi's got some weird secret thing going on? We're like, we get it. He's the emperor's brother. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> Here, obvious plot twist is obvious. Watch, watch it be something completely different. <laughs> they've, they've done it so often. It's probably going to be something else, but like, Anything else would be convoluted, so. Ugh. Which, they're not above considering that last <laughs> mystery, so. Oh, uh, and then finally, I guess our reading kind of, the, the volume happened to break on this last case, which I'm glad we did, because I actually really enjoyed this. I think this was oh, a. Oh yeah, this one was a lot of fun. It was like a return back to the, like, two chapter cases of, like, the earlier part. Or, yeah, the, the uh, like, cop procedural stuff. Yeah. To be fair, uh, I guess those were one chapter cases early on, but about here is where the manga switches to like a nineteen chapter for a nineteen page chapter. Mm -hmm. But um, because this... it's revealed that a uh, powerful minister uh, had died during a uh, nightly boozing session. Mm -hmm. And well, we so... all fear, mm. yes. And Dying the way I live. <laughs> <laughs> and so mama was like well i mean drinking too much booze will kill you and jinshi's like no you don't understand i was per close personal friends with this man i know his tolerance he drank half the amount he normally does how did that kill him by the way i've got some of the liquor that he was drinking that night here have some <laughs> Ooh, gladly because mal mal loves to drink <laughs> and the one thing she notices is this is very sweet liquor because uh, this man had, in his later stages, uh, stopped liking savory things and moved over to sweet things. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I don't know who here listening to this podcast has watched House MD, but that's what <laughs> happens right now. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, because um, it's revealed that he stopped liking uh, savory or salty stuff and became a total sweet tooth. And uh, Mamo drinks some of the liquor that he had, and he's like, huh, this is very sweet, but it's got some, like, unneeded salt mixed in. 
I'm going to keep drinking it. Oh, wait a minute. These are the uh, shards of the jug that he was drinking off of. Yeah. Look at all this salt that's just like dried on the side of it. That's like way more than is needed for saturation levels. There's so visible what... salt crystals. Uh... What I'm saying is that he was drinking extremely salty liquor and the combination of liquor and salt as dehydrating uh, properties is probably what killed him. But he would have noticed, right? Well, you said that he was an older guy whose wife and child died and he threw himself into his work, right? Right. All right. So he probably stressed himself out so much. He gave himself a chronic disease that made him incapable of tasting savory stuff. Okay, that tracks. That's not an insane jump in logic, but let's keep going. And uh, because he uh, was such a uh, harsh minister, he probably not necessarily made enemies, but at the very least uh, ticked some people off. Mm -hmm. So when he was out drinking, uh, some people probably tried to put salt in his drink as a little prank. And then he didn't react because he can't taste salt. So they put more in and more in and more in until it killed him because he never noticed. Yeah, and uh, once again, Mau Mau makes a point of uh, throwing in the layer of plausible deniability of all of these people were probably super drunk at the time. This was almost surely not on purpose. This man is having a state funeral held for him. Um, the, the person who did this is not being let go like mm -hmm. this this is getting someone killed and she's very unhappy about it <laughs> yeah this is this is where she states out loud that uh she really doesn't like the idea of being responsible for another person getting punished jinshi is openly in mourning as he's wearing ornaments with opals in them yeah and uh she solves the case there from that um mm -hmm. and then once the alcohol is a reward but uh mao mao that alcohol has a lethal dose of salt in it. <laughs> it's Mau Mau. No, he gives her a new bottle of alcohol. And she's like, oh, yes, thank you. This is going to be great. Hey, you know, as a high-ranking minister, I know what bills are about to cross the emperor's desk. And as a measure to make sure our young people don't grow addicted to alcohol, they're considering raising the drinking age to 20. No. No, I don't want <laughs> please, that. Please don't pass that law. <laughs> we'll see. After all, I'm not in a position to stop it. And she's just glaring up at him. I'm just like, FYI, this is, this is up for consideration. <laughs> I love these two so much. Don't bully me. <laughs> Mama's like, don't bully me. I'll kick your ass. Jinji, don't bully me. I'll <laughs> Oh. Anyway, that brings us to the end of our reading. <laughs> Favorite character, and I guess because we had kind of a Detective Conan like uh, procedural thing going on here. Favorite case? Fuck Mau Mau. She's my favorite character. I love her. <laughs> I I fell in love with her from like halfway through chapter one. She's amazing. <laughs> she is a little science goblin. Uh, she is extremely abrasive to everybody. Uh, she lives entirely in her own world and wants just so hard to not be a part of this courtly politics BS. And I, <laughs> it makes her so very entertaining. <laughs> yeah, no. Favorite character, full stop. That's it. Favorite case. While it was incredibly intricate, probably to the point where, like, if I took some time to objectively analyze that i'd be like 
this is this is too much for people to think up, let alone be a plausible like murder mystery thing. I still really like the pleasure district tobacco liquor murder thing because <laughs> I don't know why, but the detail of like the kid being so in on it and being so knowledgeable, she knew to go to the apothecary when the the apothecary would not be there. That that detail blew my mind. And the coincidence of Mau Mau being there, being why the whole plot fell apart, it, it felt like very good and entertaining mystery writing to me. So, Matt, same question. Favorite character and favorite case? Oh, yeah. Uh, I, gotta, I gotta disagree so hard with Mau Mau being the best character because she's only good because Jinshi allows her to be good. <laughs> Jinshi is the MVP of this manga. He's he, the main man. He is on deck. He is driving the plot forward. He is the man behind the scenes. He also has some secrets going on. He is the whole package, which means, obviously, I gotta say, the best case has to be the salt liquor. Because it involves him bullying Mau Mau. <laughs> also, he is sad boy because his friend died. He gets to be both a sad boy and his usual bully self the entire time. Beautiful mixture. Mm. Uh, Jay, how about you? Oh, it's a hard one. Um, so as most of y'all know, Mau Mau is a soul sister, I have to say. Yes. <laughs> uh, I love her her goblin-ness because she is a girl after my own heart as far as like favorite case though i'm kind of torn because i really liked the garden party like mystery because that was really interesting um i like the fact that mau mau was able to kind of like school the tasting um lady in waiting of like you you do not understand how deeply you kind of <laughs> this up your mistress could die it's not prank <laughs> You know, um, so I really appreciated that and the fact that, um, well, not exactly related, but um, she also gets a chance to kind of exhibit her, her strangeness because while she had the good intention of like warning people that, hey, this is poisoned, she had the opposite effect because of her facial reactions. <laughs> so sometimes, you know, controlling the facial reactions is very important. I know this from first, first, first-hand experience of like yes you have to like not give mixed messages <laughs> the difference between hey this is poisoned and hey this is poisoned <laughs> yes yeah they're very different and jacob uh well sam you stole my thunder uh <laughs> fortunately it's for different reasons uh so uh mau mau is my favorite character because she is such a little goblin and honestly, I, I do agree that her playing off of Jinshi is, is a lot of her best stuff. But I do love Mau Mau in particular for her own goblinness. Because uh, things like her going into the, uh, um, uh, the court or the um, uh, inner palace physician's uh, office and having access to all of the things and just like the sheer joy, like nothing else exists in the world now other than all of these fun toys to play with. Let me have them. <laughs> like, I can just hear her going, <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh, but, uh, yeah, I liked a lot of the characters because, uh, they were, they were all, so, they were 
for all of the characters that are like recurring characters, they were some flavor of troll, and I love that. <laughs> they're all they're all especially awful to the, each other in the way that family is, can be awful to each especially other. The ladies in waiting, like those are just some love next level trolls, and I appreciate <laughs> like their camaraderie. Oh. <laughs> And um, favorite case is also going to be the uh, Pleasure District uh, tobacco poisoning, but for a bit of a different reason, because the thing that uh, I enjoyed is um, once Mau Mau realized and, and like thought into, you know, the uh, thought bubbles of the liquors were mixed. I immediately remembered the uh, straw and I actually was putting it together as she was. And whenever a mystery can get you to figure it out at the same rate as the uh, uh, as the main character is, like you're reading through as you're watching them put it together uh, and you're putting it together too. And, you know, you realize something a little bit before them, but they know, you know, they say something like state something that you didn't notice. That is when to me, mystery is peak. It's all the puzzle solving fun that makes cop procedurals so eternal. Yeah. And that one was the one that, uh, to me, uh, I was most in sync with Mau Mau figuring it out. Um, plus, I really do love the idea of um, Mau Mau has this like innate desire to um, figure things out and, uh, you know, poke her nose in. And because, like, she wanted to know how involved the madam was, she wanted to know how involved the kid was. But she also was by circumstances forced to stop and that resulted in a really cool character moment for her so um that was uh my favorite case all right and uh any predictions going forward for the story well i mean we've all come to the conclusion that jinshi is the uh younger brother of the emperor <laughs> jinshi and mao mao are gonna be an item it's gonna take a while but yeah it's gonna happen yeah i'm i'm getting vibes there end game yeah, it certainly seems that way. Uh, she's going to upgrade so hard that she's not even going to know how to process it. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's going to poison the actual emperor and then the younger brother is going to be the new emperor. And then she's going to be thrown into the fact that she's the empress. Well, she can also just be poison. a consort. He has to decide to make her the empress. He would do that. He would do that in a heart. He would do that even if she told him not to. <laughs> Don't bully me. <laughs> no, you're not going to make me empress because I'd be horrible at it. You know what? Try me. Yes, <laughs> you would, and I'm here for the chaos. <laughs> screw, the, <laughs> screw the country. I'm going to have some fun. Uh, the, oh. the, the Emperor classic. Oh. Of course, the ultimate question, would you continue reading? <laughs> I've already started on chapter 15. <laughs> I, Same. I, yeah. I loved this like i i went into this not knowing what to expect and i came out of it being just like how have i not read this before this is awesome i'm looking forward to the anime as well so, oh yeah so, yeah so yes that is a resounding yes from like three of us already that's yeah that's three so <laughs> far uh matt how about you oh yeah a hundred percent i gotta say like as far as listener recommendations go not since Shonen Shoujo have I found something that I didn't know existed, but like just hit a niche of something so good to read. Like this was great. If I had to give like a comparison, uh, I would uh, put this up with the Tiger's Daughter in terms of like something I didn't expect to like. And then it hit all the notes for me. Read the Tiger's Daughter. It's very good. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, that's uh, that's something good characters will do for you, because uh, when we were uh, uh, debating the convoluted nature of the cases... Uh, we're having a good time. We're having I, a good time with all of the wackiness going on. I do want to clarify. I liked that case because it was convoluted. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. When I said it was like Detective Conan, that was a that was a language of love for me. <laughs> well, <laughs> that yes, is, that is a compliment. If you're if you're new to the cast, yes, that's. Uh... I never laughed harder than when Mau Mau invented fingerprinting. <laughs> <laughs> As soon as she was like, get me flour and cotton, I was like, oh, no. She's going to fingerprint the bowl. Are you kidding me? This is like not even 10 hundreds China. What are you doing? Ugh. It's going off the meme of China invented everything. China did it. But China didn't. Mao Mao invented it. <laughs> Mao Mao invented everything. Mao Mao is the reason China had so much technology. <laughs> That's uh, that's probably what she thinks in her own mind, oh, and that's why I love her. Oh, when Mau Mau invents a lie detector. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll have to read that next time, but not actually next time. Thank you, everybody, for tuning into the Overmanga Cast. As always, you can find us on all your social medias where we are at Overmanga Cast. You can also find us on YouTube where you can like, comment, and subscribe. Uh, those episodes go up on a two-week delay, uh, so if you want to get our up-to-date episodes, you can head over to overmangacast.com. Uh, that even has a uh, section where you can comment on individual episodes. Give us some recommendations. I mean, we've we've gotten some really good series out of it, so uh, let us know what we should be reading. And as always, we appreciate reviews in any and all form. And reach out to us, overmangacast at gmail.com. Or, you know, just start a fight. I don't care. Do it. You won't. Don't believe me. <laughs> sure. Well, I'm not letting them know the market we're having is people who want to be bullied. Uh, and make sure to tune in next Thursday where we are going to be reading Freyren Beyond Journey's End, chapters 1 through 17. So if you're keeping up with the show, make sure to read that. And we'll see you all next Thursday. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good luck. Yeah, you've been waiting for your end of the episode bit, right? Yeah, you stupid piece of shit. You think you're good? No. You're not you're worth listening to this. <laughs> that you're taking the bully to a next level. This is yeah. supposed to be like yeah. yeah. top level like ribbing. Wait. No, 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 no. You got to you got to save that for the premium. They got to pay for this. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to be a dummy mommy, Matt, you have to like pay get people to pay for that. I think there are other problems with me being a dummy mommy. <laughs> Cut. <laughs>